Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name is Chris Medland, and this is Practice Day at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts, and on today's episode, the chasing pack appear to rain Red Bull in, there's a surprising name ahead of Mercedes and Ferrari, and Toto Wolff makes a pretty stark admission about Lewis Hamilton's future. So let's get into Friday at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. The promise was that Red Bull wouldn't dominate here like it did in Bahrain, and the early signs are good. Well, actually... They weren't good. In FP1, Max Verstappen was half a second clear of his teammate Sergio Perez and 0.7 seconds clear of the rest of the field. But FP2 told a very different story. Fernando Alonso managed to split the Red Bulls. It was still Max Verstappen who was quickest in that session. But if you put together all of the best sectors that each driver had, so their theoretical best lap, Alonso was basically a match for Verstappen in that session. Now, why am I focusing so much on FP2 if Verstappen was so dominant in FP1? Having returned from illness, don't forget as well, he had a late start to that session. Well, FP2 is much more representative here in Jeddah because it takes place at the same time as qualifying and the race. FP1 and FP3 happen when it's still daylight, the sun's out, it's a lot hotter, the track temperature's higher, but FP2 qualifying and the race take place under the floodlights after dark at 8pm local time. So far more representative of the conditions that these teams and drivers will be dealing with in the sessions that matter, the ones that are competitive, that set the grid and hand out the points. Now, Aston Martin weren't only strong when it came to one lap pace and how close Alonso got to Verstappen on Friday evening, but also the race pace looked pretty strong too. Alonso was pretty much a match for Sergio Perez on the same tyre. Perez slightly quicker than him on the long run, but he was matching Max Verstappen's pace. Verstappen was on the softer compound, whereas Alonso was on the medium. But when you looked at the long run data and the lap times that averaged out, Aston Martin were right in there, right in the mix. Now, Aston Martin being up there is new this season, making it kind of a top four teams in Bahrain, although admittedly Red Bull were clear of the rest at that point. But could it be a top five here? Now, it wasn't Mercedes or Ferrari that were closest to Red Bull and Aston Martin during Friday's running. You would have expected one of those two to be nipping at those heels, but instead it was Alpine who were really making a bit of a statement. The two Alpine drivers were split by George Russell, but once again, if we use the same metric of best sectors and if they'd hooked their laps up completely, then Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly would both have ended up quicker than the time Russell did. Now, similar again as well to the Aston Martin, they were quick on short runs, the Alpine drivers, but more encouragingly, also looked good on the high fuel today too. Now, that bodes well for the race because you can qualify well, but this race is chaotic. And essentially, if you've got good long run pace, stuff could happen and fall into your lap to help you make ground. So uh, Alpine looking strong in every way rather than just in one standout area. We hadn't really seen what the team could do in Bahrain. 
Esteban Ocon made it through to Q3 two weeks ago, but a comedy of errors in the race pushed him completely out of contention before he retired. Ocon picked up a number of time penalties. He was out of position on the grid. He was then penalised for the team not taking that penalty correctly in the pit lane when they wanted to repair something. And then he got done for speeding in the pit lane, so it all added up badly there. On the flip side, Pierre Gasly started last in that race, but climbed up to an impressive ninth place during the Grand Prix, showing that there was good performance, but we didn't really see a clean weekend from either car. It was kind of a weekend of two halves in Bahrain. Put it all together on one car with a strong qualifying and a strong race, and who knows what Alpine can achieve. The thing is, I would expect a strong challenge on Saturday from Ferrari. Now, if Ferrari fans looked at the timesheets, they'll have seen that Ferrari was sixth quickest overall on Friday when it came to raw pace. So their low fuel, quickest lap time on soft tyres. But Charles Leclerc was actually pretty positive after the session. Uh, when he was kind of deciphering everything and speaking to the press, he was saying that there was a lot more in the locker from Ferrari. Although he's unsure if they've got enough to challenge Red Bull in there, he does think that there's a lot more to come from the Scuderia when it gets into qualifying and the race and that it was holding a lot back. So it'll be interesting to see just how much they did have in reserve because they've now got realistically three teams to jump. Alpine, Mercedes and Aston Martin if they want to be the closest challenger to Red Bull. As for Mercedes in that mix, Russell was comfortably quicker than Lewis Hamilton in the first sector on this track. Now that sort of suggests that there was a setup change or difference between the two cars and that Russell had got a decent setup direction. So that might be something that Hamilton will look to follow on his car during Saturday's running. But the team do still look a little bit adrift of what Aston Martin can do. And speaking of Mercedes, Toto Wolff faced the media in the middle of Friday between the two sessions and was brutally honest about where the team is. Now, Wolf was saying that there are big decisions that need to be made, and we'd heard them say that with the open letter they'd given to their fans during the break between Bahrain and coming here to Saudi Arabia. But his most intriguing comments today were about Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton's out of contract at the end of this season, and Wolf thinks that the seven-time world champion will stay with the team, but will also need to see clear progress and have that confidence reinstilled into him that he will get a car that will let him challenge at the front. Wolf says if Mercedes doesn't deliver a strong enough car over the next year or two, then that's when he believes Hamilton will consider all of his options because the car is the most important part if he wants an eighth world title. Hamilton's clearly got the driving talent. We've seen it a million times, but if he doesn't have the machinery available to him, then he's going to need to find it somewhere else. Now, Wolf's still very confident that Mercedes is the team that can provide him with that and will try and do that by turning things around this year that will lead into 2024 and hopefully give better results in the very near future. But if it doesn't manage to, having had such a bad time last season and the poor start to this year, he is aware that he might lose his star driver. Even just making that admission will have some ears pricking up and F1 silly season could go into overdrive early this year. Toto Wolff was not alone when he faced the media on Friday. He was actually alongside a number of other team bosses in one of the group press conferences. And one of those alongside him was the new Williams team principal, James Vowles. Now, Vowles used to head up the strategic direction at Mercedes before getting the job at Williams. And he's had a good start to life with his new team, thanks to Alex Albon's 10th place in Bahrain, ensuring Williams scored points in the opening race of the season for the first time in six years. 
Now, Williams was right in the middle of an extremely tight midfield pack on Friday, certainly with Albon and the pace he showed. So we'll have an eye on points again as this weekend progresses. But there was an interesting anecdote from Valls about American rookie Logan Sargent too. Now, in his previous role at Mercedes, Val says he actually brought Sargent in to evaluate him in the simulator because he was very impressed with his performances in Formula 3. So that was a few years ago now. But there was a year when Sargent partnered Oscar Piastri and the two of them fought it out for the championship and it went down to the wire, Piastri taking it at the final race as Sargent retired. Sargent then stayed there with a less competitive team and put together a really good campaign. So that caught the eye of Valves and he wanted to have a look at what Sargent could do because he could tell he was clearly very quick. He felt in the end that Sargent was too close in his development curve to George Russell and that essentially they wouldn't need two drivers at the same time. You need to space your drivers out from a young driver program to be ready at the right times when you may need them. It still highlighted the fact that Sargent was highly rated and then when Williams took him on, Valves made the point of making it very clear that the team paid for his Formula 2 season last year and now pay him a full salary in a sign of how highly rated he is there. Now, that said, on Friday, Sargent, Nick De Vries and Oscar Piastri were only kept off the bottom of the timesheets by Valtteri Bottas as Alfa Romeo had a tough day during practice, which shows just how challenging the track is for rookies, seeing as they made up three of the bottom four positions. We'll have to wait for tomorrow to see just how they fare when they have to risk it all in qualifying. Don't miss an update from the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix this weekend by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. You can leave us a rating and a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and you can visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com and if you want more updates from the paddock throughout the day you can follow me on social media. Just check the link in the show description to do that. My name's Chris Medland and Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.